get ready for a transformation. But in this kingdom, we start growing. We are replacing those carnal thoughts with the word of God. Our minds are renewed to the word of God. At that time, glory, glory, glory. So when we are speaking, we are speaking from knowledge. Or you wake up and say, Hey, Bunga Fish, Angari, glory to God. I took it in the dream. I will never take it in life. In the name of Jesus. Say, I'll never be poor. Ah! Jesus Christ. Pay attention to everything I'm going to show you. Another life-changing moment with Apostle Peters. You know, those things that I was talking to you about on Sunday were the very things that I do in my closet. Of course, I have not arrived yet. But I practice them. And I see results at that low level. And I'm working towards going into higher realms in these things. Because they are real. They are real. Christianity is a real thing. Christianity is not just coming to church. Then you come to church, you know, you just sit down. Uh, after jumping and shouting, say, okay, sermon. And then the sermon, after we preached, we preached so hard, you cry and cry and cry, you wipe your tears. <laughs> so, right, bye bye now, you go home. Uh, that's not what Christianity is all about. There's a place of reflection where you think about your life because you're not doing well in your Christian walk. But that is not all that Christianity is about. When you came to Christ, what you received was real. Christianity in itself is not a religion. That's one thing you need to say to. Christianity is not a religion. Forget the fact that when they ask you to fill your forms, they say um, uh, uh, gender, you think male. Because I'm male, female, you think male or in between. You think in between if you are in between male and female. <laughs> but gender, male, female. You think male or female, whatever. And then religion, Christianity, Islamic, then you, you think Christianity. That does not make it a religion. That's what the people of the world think. They think it is a religion. It is not a religion. They thought that Jesus Christ is a just leader he is not a religious leader christianity is a real thing it is the father's heart desire for his children god wants to reproduce himself on earth god has given us an example in jesus to follow in his steps jesus is our examples our example so we follow his examples I love to study a lot about Jesus. If you study about the life of Jesus, his life is full of miraculous, supernatural things from time to time. You just read about him, you wonder what kind of man. One day, his disciples were in the boat. And then, there was trouble everywhere because of the boisterous winds and 
there was just trouble everywhere the whole place you know the wind and the the, the boat was in the middle of the sea and there was trouble water was coming in everywhere was rocking you know and then jesus their master was there but he was sleeping amazing he was sleeping in the midst of the turmoil in the midst of the trouble jesus was sleeping and then they got fed up they were fed up and they went to meet him and woke him up master don't you care that we perish and jesus woke up and said we're in trouble okay hold your hands and let's start praying join your hands oh father in the name of Kara, pa, 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 pa. was that what he did no he didn't respond in fear he didn't think that if he didn't act fast something would go wrong he thought that he was in charge he simply stood up the bible said he said peace be still now if he had said more the bible would have recorded it for us but the bible said he simply said peace be still that was all and that thing went to a hush kept quiet what do you get from that very simple if you were inside a bus on a bike in the plane and everything starts going tough that way going rough you were supposed to do just like jesus you know i don't know but i know you've never been but you must have heard of those that are in the airplane and why that thing was flying and was going and suddenly there is an announcement say something is wrong they just make this announcement something fasten your your seat belt uh, something is wrong now you, you've got to get ready and, and all of that and then why they're doing that and then there is a sound push in the plane and everybody they say all right <laughs> now they make the announcement and say um ladies and gentlemen please no panic just start calling your god any god you can call call your god and then you start hearing different gods somebody is saying hey my mama head oh you know and some people are shouting jesus jesus i mean in fear jesus save us jesus save us for someone else He's not bothering. He just starts confessing his sin. I know that I'm the sinner. Because he knows he's coming home now. But is that what Jesus asks us to do? No. That's not how to act. He doesn't even say to pray in such a situation. You know, we think we pray for everything. You don't pray for everything. There are things you pray about. There are things you don't pray about. You just take charge. In such a situation, do you start praying? No, it's too late. Not at that time. You simply do what the master did. Stand up in boldness and say, peace be still. You know, when you say that, you spoke the word. And the word of God does not fail. That's the kind of life that he has brought us. But you think the kind of life that he has brought us, or you probably thought so. Is a life where everything we pray. Say, ah, he knows how to pray very well. Though. If you're in trouble, you pray. Not every trouble you pray about. There are some that you simply command. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So, that's the life that God has brought to us. And I told you, like I told you on Sunday, that life is the God life. You can imagine God himself had this life in himself. And then he sent Jesus to bring this life. First of all, he sent... So as the Father had life, Jesus has life in himself. 
and so jesus brought this life so that as many as we receive him we have the same life what is this life zoe that's the greek word it's called eternal life now i told you eternal life is not really the correct thing to call it it's just for limitation of words english can describe it properly so they call it eternal life because they think this is a life that does not end is the god life and you know god lives eternally so they say eternal life but that's the limited um translation of zoe the word is god life it means the very life that god has in himself that very life that makes him god god has given it to man that's the good news so when we say are you born again we are simply saying have you received the life of god you know what we are saying have you become a child of god if you were born of a cat where would you be a cat if you were born of a dog what would you be a dog why because you have the nature of a dog you have the nature of a cat the same way if you were born of god you have the nature of god the first time you were born you were born of your parents you see the difference maybe i'll show you an example i need somebody to come uh here you come okay let me just show you an example now this gentleman all right was born forget that he's born again now assume he's not born again and this his name because he's not born again is johnny or jumbo all right so johnny okay here is johnny born of his parents johnny has the life of his parents because he's born of his parents now his life came from his daddy that was very simple for you to know in biology that's very simple the bible shows that also that the life of a child comes from the father now what does the mother do the mother only gives the body and that's why the birth of jesus was a miracle because there was no man to give the life to the baby so it was the holy spirit that gave that life and so mary gave body to the life that the holy ghost gave i like that what do you think so jesus was not born with the agency of a man he was born he was the child of the holy ghost that's what the bible says the Bible says he's the child. Mary was found with the child of the Holy Ghost. Because God planted his seeds into Mary. Now, he came because his daddy planted his seed into the mom. And then he resulted. If no father planted any seed, there would be no baby. In fact, I know scientists are doing some funny things such that um, the woman does not have to meet with the man, but then they still take the seed of a man and put it in the woman. Okay, they know how they do that. They get a seed from the man and put it in the woman, and the woman is, uh, conceives. The woman conceives. Okay, but all that is still a seed from a man. So that life came his life came from his daddy so he's born of mr johnson maybe that's the daddy's name mr johnson john boo born of mr johnson but then one day 
at a particular place, at a particular time, at a particular hour, somebody came and brought the gospel to him. Then he receives that gospel. He accepts that gospel. He endorses that gospel. And then he confessed with his mouth. According to Romans chapter number 10, reading from 9 to 10. If thou shalt believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus. If you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, believing in your heart, that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So, he believes in and confesses with his mouth, and then immediately, the moment that he believes, this is the old man, preached to, the moment, now forget the height, okay? Because that's not going to happen at new birth. The moment that he believes, something happens. This old man, not the body, the spirit. We are looking at this as a spirit now. The spirit inside the man. Because man is a spirit. Now, the old man is completely kicked away. Another one comes and takes place. Listen. That's exactly what happened. You say, what about that one? That one is dead. He dies. A new man comes first. This is the new man. That's why the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He is not, he is not a continuation of the one that was there. He's not a refreshed cre creature. He's a new creature. Brand new creature. Never existed before. So this new one is born of God. That old one was born of Mr. Johnson. But then this new one is born of God. Because this new one has the life of God. Oh, hallelujah. That's exactly what happens at new birth. At new birth, a new man is born. Another translation says, another version says, is a new self. It says, there is a new self. If any man be in Christ, there is a new self. A new person entirely. The spirit is changed. The only things that are not changed. Number one, the soul. Number two, the body. The body remains the same. The soul remains the same. Because the, the spirit is God's responsibility. And he has done that now. The soul is your responsibility. The body, the spirit is God's responsibility. The soul is your responsibility. That is his responsibility for him to save. Then the body is also God's responsibility. And the Bible tells us that the body will still be changed. At the resurrection morn glory to god but while you're on earth all you need to work on is your soul uh, man is a spirit he has a soul he lives in the body so when he was here, before he was born again as he was about to leave he passes the soul let's assume this is your soul you, he passes the soul on to this and dies then this is the new man with the same old soul so the bible says you renew your soul and that's what we're doing that's the reason for church that's the reason for studying our bible we are renewing our minds renewing our souls glory to god the same old soul but the old man is dead now this new man i would love to find out about him the bible tells us a lot about this new man a lot Number one, this one is not ordinary. 
anymore be that one was ordinary that one was subject to the elements of this world that one was under the dominion of satan but this one is not ordinary anymore this one is a superman why this one has the life of god this one has the nature of almighty god in other words this one can comprehend in a way that is beyond this world you should not be born again and still you have problem with your mind you see i'm not intelligent you see something is wrong before you were born again you could be that way but the moment you're born again the nature of god does not give room for dullness god doesn't forget things what do you think he doesn't god is not a dummy the moment you were born again you shouldn't live a life that is subject to sickness anymore why the bible says we have passed from death unto life what does that mean from the realm of death unto the realm of life now we are in the realm of zoe glory to I'm excited about it. You see, I'm taking my time to explain it to you gently. Because, you know, on Sunday, when I was explaining and shouting, some of you were wondering, why is he so excited? I wish I could get it like that. So I'm trying to let you get it like that now. But it would not just work because you're born again. It will work by knowing. It will work by revelation. And that's the revelation I'm bringing to you. If you don't have the revelation in your spirit, you will know how to work it. It must be worked. Do you know that if I hit my hand or somewhere against anything and got injured, the first thing I go for is not methylated spirit or um, rub, uh, iodine or what do you call it? Whatever, all those stuff. No. The first thing I do is to talk to it. I speak to it first. I say in the name of Jesus, you heal. Heal in Jesus' name. That's what I, that's my response. Even my children, when they when they hit themselves, maybe head again sometimes they are coming to me, Daddy, Daddy, I say, Come heal in Jesus' name. So much that my daughter started saying it. Although when she's saying it, she'll be crying and be saying it. She doesn't understand faith yet. You'll be crying. I said, you've said heal. Don't, don't cry anymore. The first time I told my wife, I said, did you hear your daughter say heal? She said, are you serious? Or did she heard it herself? Because that's, what, that's the way I respond. You practice it. You practice this life. It's a supernatural. We are not ordinary. Don't you understand? Somebody say, are you now trying to make yourself a superhuman? Yes, I'm not trying to make myself. I am. Trying to? No, I'm not trying to. Why would I be trying to make myself what I am? The life of God that you receive is something real. The day, you didn't know what you entered. The day you confess Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, you entered something. You entered into a new realm. A new realm of life. Either you put it to work or you don't put it to work is now your fault. If you don't put it to work, you will suffer just like somebody who didn't have it. Who didn't get that thing. You suffer just like him. But yet you have it. Oh, think about that prince. Whose father is really, really rich and loaded. And that man willed to him a lot of estates. 
but he doesn't know it and because he doesn't know it he begs like a pauper did i tell you the story of that woman that old woman oh she got sick i believe she was in her 70s or 80s or she dying of malnutrition she was on the sick bed and then a pastor came to visit her in her own house she didn't even have enough money to go to the hospital she was that poor so the pastor came and while visiting with her for some reason he saw a frame on her wall right over her head and noticed that there's a wheel that has been written in her name and she fast he fastened his eyes on that and, and asked the woman and said can, can i take a closer look please the woman said of course go ahead so he took it off of the wall and took a closer look her name somebody had wheeled to her an estate who was this the boss she had worked for for many years she didn't have a child and she was pleased with the way she served her so she wheeled everything that she got wheeled it to her but the woman was uneducated she was an illiterate so she didn't know when the woman passed when that boss of hers passed this thing across to her she just thought oh maybe this meant a lot to her a precious gift so she said I, I don't want this paper to get spoiled or something so she asked somebody to help her frame it so they framed it and she hung it on the wall the boss had died for many years but yet this woman has been poor no money nothing to the extent that now she's dying from malnutrition but to her name is a lot of money but she doesn't know it and so the, the pastor took a closer look and saw it and said mine oh mine do you know what is in there please can i um take this thing to a lawyer for um proper examination the woman said of course you can't take it to anywhere just ensure i get it back because that means a lot to me <laughs> and the pastor took it to a lawyer and the lawyer said you're right there's a lot of money in her name nobody to claim it in fact the money has gathered a lot of interest now oh my goodness let's get it for her so go to her inform the woman about it oh she was like are you serious said, yes we are serious but he didn't he didn't do her much good because soon after that time she died then the wealth came and she doesn't have a child too so she died where do you think God go to motherless that's how some christians are like that's how some are like that's just the way some are and they don't care they don't want to find out what belongs to them they just want somebody that they will put their burden on a pastor that will be praying for you um this prayer warrior that you pray together you call him from time to time or her from time to time say please pray for me pray for me it has happened again oh let's begin to pray they don't want to find out what they should do christians that's one of the greatest problems of christians they don't like to take responsibility they don't like it they want someone else to always be responsible for them you know what you are 
I want to show it to you. Touch the book of Galatians. Sarakira Mahantalia. Frozegira. Chapter 4. <laughs> I tell you, I love my Bible. If you discover the stuff in this book, you will never depart from it. Some of you don't like reading your Bible. You just wonder. It's because you don't know what is there. Ah! How could I? I love it when I'm just looking at my Bible and I'm just studying, seeing a lot of beautiful things. I mean, you want to know my most excited moments when I'm studying about Jesus, about God, about the Holy Spirit, and about me. Boy! <laughs> Let's read this. Chapter number 4, reading from verse 1. Hmm. He said, an heir, the heir, who is the heir? The possessor. The one who is to take over the father's estate. He says, as long as he is a child, and I will explain what that means sh shortly. As long as he's a child, he says he's not different from a servant. In other words, there is no difference between him and a servant. Now, first of all, he says as long. He doesn't say when he's a child. He says as long as he's a child. The Greek word for child there is the word nepios. Nepios. Now, nepios doesn't mean because he's a baby. Like, my child is a child. He's still a baby. No, that's not what it means. Nepios means immature. An immature Christian. It means, primarily means one that cannot talk right. In fact, it says one that cannot talk. He can't speak. Because he's not been trained on how to. Now, it's different from another word. Greek word, which means baby. That's different. This one is nepios. It means immature. In the things of God. So he says, as long as this heir is immature, he says, he is not different from a servant in the house. What does that mean? That means that you want to take your place really in the house, you must be mature. Are you still there? That means if you're not, if you are, if you are immature, then you're not different from a servant. Though, he says, he's lord of all. He's head of everything. But because he's still not mature, let me give you an example. This rich man has a child. This rich man has a lot of cars, big cars. But that child is immature yet to use the cars. So what are they going to get him? Toy cars. He may say, no, I need that one. No, I want to, no. The man even has a jet. Say, I want to fly your jet. I want to fly. No, you're not flying it. They buy him a toy jet. There are Christians that are immature today. Some of them have been born again for five years. Some of them ten years. Even some forty years. You'll be amazed. Forty years. And sadly, there are a few of them that are preaching behind the altar. But they are immature. You think because he's a pastor that makes him mature? No. Say, so how do you know? A Nepios is the one that does not talk right. Or does not know how to talk. So you will know. You will know from the way the man talks. From behind the people. He may be functioning in the anointing. But... Is different from being mature in spiritual things. You know from the way he talks. 
Oh, brothers, especially in America, it's very, it's very common. Brothers and sisters, last week, I was with the doctor, and the doctor said I got cancer. A preacher! I got cancer. And I said, oh, Lord, help my faith. Oh, Lord, help my faith. Cancer cannot stay. You see? Is it mature? So the members think, well, it's normal. <laughs> Everybody goes to the doctor, including our pastor. What? If I have a pastor like that, that is telling me what, what I've been doing is what he's been doing too. My faith has not grown. But I expect him. He's there to teach me on how to grow my faith. And he's teaching me on how to have a, my faith in a human being. I'll just be feeling like, get off the platform. You're not supposed to be there. Because we are all in the same boat. Why should we be? The man is supposed to go into the world and find out the life that God has given us now. Listen, he may not be perfect yet. Don't you get it? He may even still be putting his own faith to work. But he's supposed to teach you the truth from the word of God. Irrespective of his own experiences. You don't preach experience, you preach the word. According to the word of God, there is a life that is given us to live here or not. Not when we get to heaven first. Here! Otherwise, we are not Christians. We are not God's dream. The Bible says we were made to be conformed to the image of Christ. Do you know what that means? Ah. It says, 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. As he is, so are we in this world. Do you know it doesn't say as it was? Now, all the, all the things I've been telling you was as it was. Oh, glory to God. Ah! i got many things to show you. Where do I start from? Let me show you something first. Let me show you something from the world. Let's start from the book of John. Go to the book of John. Mm, chapter 1. Boy, living the supernatural life. Naturally. Verse 11. Verse 11. He says, He came unto his own. He's talking about Jesus. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, the word received there is Lambano, right? Greek. As many as received him, to them gave he power. Now, the word power there is not power, is a word translated that should be properly translated authority, privilege. Okay, to them gave he the privilege. To become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. He gave us the privilege to become the sons of God. What does it mean to become the son of God? To have his nature. That's what it means to, to, be, to be the son of someone. Now let's read on. Read the next thing, everybody. Want to go. Ah, which are born. Yes, the next thing. Not of blood. What? What is this? He says these sons were not born of blood. They were born of blood once. They were born of blood before. When he was born of his mother, his parents, he was born of blood. But he says now, he has given us the privilege to be born of God. This time around, we were not born of the blood. We are not born of blood. 
What does that tell you? Listen, the Bible says the life of the flesh is in the blood under the Old Testament. In other words, when you drain a man's blood, you die. How do you get diseases? Through the blood. When you take poison, how does it destroy you? Because it goes into your blood and destroys your body. But the Bible says, if you are born again, you were not born of blood. In other words, that which hurts people through the blood should not. Oh my goodness. You, 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 you're not getting this. That means that thing, that disease that comes through the blood to attack, you are not subject to that anymore. Because anyway, you are not born of blood. Don't you understand? That's the reality in God's word. That's why Jesus said, These signs shall follow them that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. He said, In my name shall they cast out devils. He says, They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Then he says this, If they shall drink any deadly thing, he says, It shall not hurt them. He says, these are the signs that will follow the believers, those that believe. Because the believers are not born of blood. Now, tell me Jesus was lying. Just tell me he was lying. He wasn't! There are a lot of treasures, a lot of truths in the word of God. That if you don't dig, you will not find them. You know why some live a religious life? All they know and they love to read is the book of Psalms. That's their limitation. Go to the New Testament, they don't understand saying there. Oh no. But when you get to the story part, they are excited. I mean, tell them to tell you about David. They will tell you all the story. About Joseph. Ah, very sweet. They will be telling you because they've read it. They read it and reread it and read it and reread it and read it. And come to the New Testament, they start dozing off. And then they get bored. Then they go back to the stories. As important as the Old Testament is, it was not written to you. It was a letter written for you. There's a difference. The epistles under the New Testament were written to us, the church. The Old Testament section of the Bible was written for us. There's a difference. Now, if somebody writes a letter for me, and somebody writes a letter to me. Which one would I rather concentrate more on? The one that was written to me. Uh, is writing to her for me. And says, uh, please help me give Apostle this on my behalf. Maybe a handkerchief on my behalf. And writes that letter. And it comes to me. And says, um, to whom? I say, um, to her. Uh, okay. But it's for you. It's okay. But then, he says, this letter is coming to you. And he wants to pass my time. He said, no, it's to me. This one is to me. So what am I going to do? I'm going to focus on that. What is there that is saying to me? That's the epistle. It's to the church of God. So you find out what is this letter. What is in there. When you find out and you look at it and you study it, there are treasures there. This is just one of them. that I just read Let's read on. What verse? 13, right? Read it again. One to go. 
not of blood not of the will of the flesh what does that mean it means that these ones were not born of the will of the flesh in other words daddy and mommy they felt like having sexual intercourse that's the will of the flesh and they had it and then you came forth you see it was that deal that we, feel, we felt like having it so the baby came of the will of the flesh now read the next one not of the will of man not of the will of man means okay i want us to have a child now so let's plan it and produce a child he says this new creature this born again was not born that way he didn't come he was not born of blood not of the will of the flesh not of the will of man he says but this one was born of god that's what he says do you know who wrote this john do you know who john is maybe i should tell you a little thing about john i think it will help you this guy that wrote this was one of the 12 disciples of jesus in fact the bible said that john was closer to jesus than any one of them he was so close he believed so much in, in love in jesus love towards him and even when others were afraid to ask questions john was bold enough sometimes peter would signal him because he was always close to jesus peter would give him signal and say ask the master when Jesus said somebody is going to betray me amongst you, Peter said, Who is it? The master was not talking. So he signaled John to ask the master. So the Bible says, in fact, John was leaning on Jesus' chest, towards the chest then. And John said, Master? Because he was the youngest of them all. So he said, Master? Who was it? And the master said, Watch, I'm going to dip this soap. The one I give is the one. So Jesus, Shh. And John the Baptist took it the one he took a bread and dipped it that was how close john was john watched jesus carefully he was so close to jesus all the other disciples died by crucif crucifixion died they were martyred only john was recorded for us that died a natural death and this is the guy that says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is. He says, Yeah, of God, little children. This guy. I love to study. I mean, out of all these books, the one I've studied the more is the book of John. Is this guy that recorded for us that Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life? That means he had caught something. Because he was the one that said, Others didn't record it. They didn't see, they didn't hear all those things, but he was watching Jesus closely. If you study the book of John, it explained a lot about the divinity of Jesus. He was the one that told us that if the things Jesus did many things, that if those things were all to be written, the books in the whole world would not contain them. Mm. This John. Historians tell us one time they had tried to kill the guy for preaching. They took him. They said, we're going to kill you. They thought they would do like the other ones. And they carried him to carry the guy bring him and they made a big you know bowl pot something on the fire and poured oil so that thing is frying and they took john and put him inside and covered him the oil burnt out john stood up and came out that's why the guy is called john the divine 
some bible records they say john the divine that's why i'm not talking about the life because you are anointed not just because of the anointing i'm talking about your everyday life you carry the holy spirit do you know what that means let me tell you, god has given you everything you need to become absolutely supernatural he has given you his life his nature he has given you the holy ghost on the inside why should you be ordinary you know when you're telling somebody he just want to preach mm, it's my just sweet he just want to preach to excite us it's your business if you don't believe it i've been believing it and it's been working for me so when somebody is telling you who's been working for you better believe it and start practicing it too god is no respecter of persons oh glory to god have you ever read about paul let me read something to you about paul act chapter 28. <laughs> oh it's because it's john ah, ah. it's because it's john let's read something about paul paul was not one of jesus's 12 disciples he was not one of the disciples even in his days it was later later paul who was a murderer came on the scene act chapter 28. read from verse 1. and when they were escaped then they knew that the highland was called melita whoever is by the name melita is the island melita and the barbarians people showed us no little kindness for they came with fire and received us everyone because of the present rain and because of the cold and when paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire there came a viper snake poisonous highly poisonous snake out of the heat and fastened on his hand and when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hands listen this thing didn't just bite him and go this thing beat him and hung there with its mouth and it was hanging in paul's hand what's that a venomous snake terrible snake all right back there okay where were we now then look at it and when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand they said among themselves no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he had escaped the sea yet vengeance suffereth not to leave and he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm what look at the next thing how big the looks when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly but after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him they changed their minds and said he was a god hallelujah they said he was a god he was and you are the bible says ye are gods they changed their minds they were looking because they knew this kind of snake they knew this one was very poisonous so they were watching they said uh-huh uh-huh that's very good he escaped the sea now he's in trouble so they were watching they thought he would start swelling and all of a sudden <laughs> but that's not happening and they were looking for a great while they said they changed their minds they say 
Ah, he's a God. Jesus said the same thing. They shall take up serpents. They shall take up serpents. The believers. How will you take up serpents? If it will not hurt you. That means it will not hurt them. Then he says, if they shall drink any deadly thing. It doesn't matter how they drink it. Through their mouths, through their veins. He says, it will not hurt them. See Paul. Human being. If we said he's Apostle John, he said, ah, ah, ah. It's because he's John. So close to Jesus. Uh, Matthew. Ah, ah, one of the disciples. Very close. The anointing rubbed off on me. Okay. Peter. Ah, the Pope. Ah, ah. He wouldn't have been. But this is Paul. This was a bad guy before Jesus took over his life. See what happened to him. You mean Paul is more born again than you are? No! I, I would never be ordinary in my life. Paul just knew something. The word of God. And he decided to put it inside. He meditated on needs. And make sure it became a part of his body. As you're listening now, something is happening in your spirit. If you keep it and you meditate on it, you meditate again and again, it will start coming in your body. It will start affecting your body, your physical body. I have the life of God in me. And so I live the supernatural life. You know, sometimes we, people have thought that the devil is so powerful because of all you know the devil likes to show all these things public display you know he'll just be going just change into a woman uh, change to a man change so, something beautiful you know he uses the stairs up the wind stairs up the sand you know all those kind of things and then from time to time he wants to disappear he just goes and we said oh, oh, oh he's very powerful he's very po- he copied god he copied god in everything the Bible says the whole world is waiting for the manifestation. Means the whole world is waiting for the showing up of the sons of God. Now, let me tell you, sons of God. The word there is not nepios. The Greek word there is not technon. Technon is another word for church. Technon just means all of us, we are all technon of God. That means born of God. We are all children of God. It's not technon. That's another word. The Greek word there is huios. Huios means children of God that have been raised to maturity. That have been raised to manhood. These ones have come up in their life. In their walk with God. He says the whole world is waiting for the manifestations of those ones. The showing up of those ones. The whole world. If you study that portion of the Bible, Romans chapter number 8, by the way. If you study that portion of the Bible, he was talking about all the whole creation. They've grown together. They want to be delivered into the, the liberty of the sons of God. Of the children of God. So they are waiting. And when he says the whole world is waiting, the word waiting there, uh, uh, the Greek is like saying somebody is stretching his neck. Trying to is he coming? Where is he? That's the construction. So the whole world is waiting. They are stretching their neck. Waiting for the manifestation. They're showing up of the mature. Oh, glory to God. They're waiting for us to come on the scene. And in these last days, more of that will happen. All the things that are happening in the church today, years ago, were not happening. But because we are drawing closer and closer to the coming of Jesus, 
revelation more revelation is coming in in the church our eyes have been opened the more god is raising people teachers and he's showing them things in his word so they can teach others why ephesians chapter number four let me show it to you ephesians chapter number four i'm reading from verse let me read from verse 11 and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers some christians have a problem there are some that he has given apostles for instance in this case you have been given an apostle don't say i want to go and look for where an evangelist is i need to be exposed to all of them so let an evangelist know he says some are giving apostles stay with your apostles stop jumping around some are giving prophets stay with the prophet stop jumping around some are giving pastors just be glad whatever god has given you just be happy glory to god hallelujah all right so well some are giving this then he says four that's the reason they are giving for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of christ what does that mean uh, he has given these gifts for the perfecting of the saints so that the saints can do the work of the ministry so that the body of christ can be built that's what it means okay i just simply break it down for you till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the son of god now the greek word knowledge there is epignosis until we all come to the unity of faith to the to the complete absolute knowledge that's epignosis complete absolute where there is no assumptions anymore okay some people they say we know in part so they know in part means interpreting that scripture they say uh, I, I don't have all the revelation about this thing but the bible says the reason for these apostles prophet teachers evangelists pastors is for the perfecting of say for the work of the ministry for the advice of the body of christ till we all come to the epignosis the complete knowledge that means that's god's plan that we all come to complete knowledge well no more assumptions and that's what i'm trying to help you see all right so let's go on because you know a lot of problem is is because of assumption that's why we have a lot of problem in the body some people don't understand that part very well they will assume and they'll come and preach it they'll come out preachers and they mislead their their another day stock all right so what verse now till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of god unto a perfect man telios the word there is perfect greek word it means unto a mature man all right let's continue now unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ that's god's plan for us that we come to the stature the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ that we henceforth be no more children toe and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine this is god's plan for us by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby the lying way to deceive but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even christ oh hallelujah god wants all of us to grow up he doesn't want you to be nepios. He wants you to grow. 
into maturity and sadly enough there are those there are those in this world that they will die as a babe nepios means a babe in christ they will die as babes now listen to be grown spiritually mature spiritually does not mean because you have white hair it doesn't mean so that's physical growth it's different from spiritual growth it doesn't matter if the person that is talking to you has white hair it doesn't matter even if he has been born again 60 years it does not matter like i told you you'll be able to trace it from the way he speaks how does he talk because that's how you know in appears does he come here and says the lord will help all of us in jesus name and say, amen including himself the lord will help after the bible says god has helped the lord will help and it sounds humble that's very humble i mean the lord will help. don't you want the lord to help you i want the lord to help you you see and the bible says the helper the holy ghost is on the inside which help again the lord oh everybody lift up your hands oh they all lift up their hands send thy power oh god send thy holy spirit I want you to be careful now because the Holy Spirit is coming down on this house. And that is sound. And you'll be shaking. You'll even be crying because of the voice, the tune. And everybody is fearful. And I understand that some church even try to build the ceiling very high so that the people would feel so small and insignificant. So when you come in, fear will catch you. The Holy Spirit. Spirit is coming down you now. The Holy Spirit is coming down. You know what that means? It's like saying, Twinkle, twinkle, to star. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Now, twinkle, twinkle, to star doesn't make spiritual sense. Does it? The Holy Spirit will come down you, does not make spiritual sense. Because the Bible says, on the day of Pentecost, God sent the Holy Ghost. Where is he now? Inside me. He's not coming from there anymore. To come from where? He's here. When he came on that day, he came to stay. He came to begin his ministry on earth. So he started it. So he doesn't have to come. Come from where? He doesn't come and go. He has come. And now he's a residence in me. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's important. That's important because see the, the, a lot of confusion say okay i've heard you now i'll go somewhere else i'll hear another preacher oh christians they contradict each other that's the problem and you hear this preacher this one is saying another one this one is saying another. don't you have your bible don't you have enough sense go to your bible and read and tell the holy spirit to open your eyes you see it for yourself if you're confused it's your fault can't you think common sense you should have just thought in the acts they said the holy spirit came when did he now live again you should think it's true some of these things you don't need any special revelation you just need common sense don't let anybody deceive you jesus said i will send you another comforter that's the holy spirit he said when i said it to him he would live he will abide with you forever so when did he now go but when they are saying it it's, it's, it will sound so you'll be you'll be shaking <gasps> now it's coming on someone now the holy spirit is coming he's coming he's coming it's ah, ah! and this one is falling and that one is falling ah, ah, did it pass? <laughs> can i tell you a secret 
God does not disgrace his man of God. God works with him based on his knowledge. God understands what the man wanted to say. What he wanted to say probably is that he wanted the Holy Spirit to bless you, to minister to you. And so people falling, that's the Holy Spirit blessing people. And he does it in special with different ways. So, but the man doesn't have enough knowledge. He says, the Holy Spirit is coming now. So he says, Father, I ask you now. Let that Spirit come on the people. Now, come down. Down, down. I say, he's really coming down. No. God is working based on his knowledge. God does not disgrace his man. He sent him. God knows he's working in all the light he has. And God honors you when you work in all your light. But this small light, how far will it take you? You better increase yours. Because the day will come that it will fail. A lie cannot continue to be a lie forever. There's a time that God will expect him to change. If he doesn't change, then there's trouble. It will not work again. Then he will not be confused. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. Yes, it's because you've been working in lie. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You ought to desire the supernatural life. All right, let's round off with this. Let me show you just one more thing. Ha, 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 ha. Hey! I said there's, there are a lot of things, but I just want to show you one more thing. Then we stop. Uh, we'll continue on Sunday. Turn to hmm, Matthew chapter number 14. I want to show you something about my number one role mother. Jesus of Nazareth. You know, Jesus, while he was on earth, was a man. Ah. Hey. Hey. Ooh, so many things in the world. Matthew chapter number 14. Let's read from verse 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart, give you them to eat. <laughs> Can you imagine? Jesus said, Don't let them go. Why are you saying they should go? My friend, go and give them food. Let's read on. And they say unto him, ah, We have here. Now, actually, Matthew says that they said, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. But that was not it, really. Matthew shortened the story. Okay? After Jesus said, Go and give them something to eat, they said, Lord, how do we do that? Then Jesus said, okay, go and ask what they have. Go and ask what do they have. And then they went. Who has anything? Does anybody have, does anybody have any food? Who has anything at all? And then the little boy is lunch. But he thought, I said, I have something. He said, uh, that's all you got? Bring it. The master said, we should have. Just, just bring it anyway. Bring it. Let's go and show him. <laughs> master. So they brought it. Now, so they say where we are now. That's what they are saying now. They said, uh, and they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. Oh, I love Jesus. Very orderly. <laughs> and took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up of the fragments that remained twelve baskets full. 
now if you study the construction he gave his disciples it's like he kept giving them he was cutting it and was giving them they were giving others he was cutting it and was giving them as he was cutting it the thing refuses to finish he kept cutting cutting it and giving to them until they were whole they all had something all right now that's the supernatural but that was by the anointing okay so uh, you got to have the anointing to do that one you get it for people but on your own you can by faith multiply something for yourself i've multiplied kerosene before i've multiplied gas before i'm not joking i'm not joking okay so that but that was for me okay not by the anointing just by my faith i just believed what was there and i acted on it now let's go, go on and i wanted to watch this glory to god and they did all eat and were filled and they took up of the fragments that remained to a basket food and they that had eaten were about five thousand men beside women and, and children and straightway jesus constrained his disciples to go to get into a sheep and to go before him onto the other side while he sent the multitude the multitude away and when he had sent the multitude away he went up into a mountain apart to pray for those of you that don't like praying continue and when the evening was come he was there alone but the sheep was now in the midst of the sea tossed with waves for the wind was contrary and in the fourth watch of the night jesus went unto them walking on the sea and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea now he did it this one had nothing to do with the anointing okay saw him walking on the sea they were troubled saying it is a spirit and they cried out for fear but straight away jesus spake unto them saying be of good cheer it is high be not afraid and peter answering him and said lord if if, if it be thou bid me come unto thee on the water then he said come and when peter was come down out of the sheep he walked on the water to go to jesus did you see that was not by the anointing uh-huh jesus said come if it was by the anointing jesus would have said peter do you have the anointing my friend stay back there he didn't say that did you notice that he said come and peter had faith in jesus jesus's word and he started walking on water but something happened along the way <laughs> but when he saw mm, the wind boisterous he was afraid and beginning to sink he cried saying lord save me you see he doubted along the way at first he was using faith but he started hearing woo, woo, and then he started sinking but that's not even where i'm going now there's something powerful i want to show you there and immediately jesus stretched for his hand and called him and said unto him oh thou of little faith wherefore didst thou doubt and when they were come into the sheep the wind ceased then they that were in the sheep came and worshipped him saying of a truth thou art the son of god uh, and when they came when they were come into the sheep the wind ceased then they that were in the sheep came and worshipped him where in the sheep john showed us something else that happened that this one did not tell us and the other writer i want to show you you know john came after all of them wrote after all of them his own epistle his own writing was after the synoptic gospel matthew mark and luke john came after and according to study john came to throw more light on some of the things that were confusing in the other 
gospels they didn't write some things they didn't explain something so john came and clarified them so let's see what john said about this thing and i want to show you john chapter 6 there's something else that happened there that i'm going to show you <laughs> that was not the end of the story okay let's look at verse 16 is okay and entered into a sheep and went over the sea toward capernaum and it was now dark and jesus was not come to them and the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew so when they had rolled about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they see jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the sheep and they were afraid but he said unto them it is high be not afraid that they willingly received him okay he skips some things that he felt others have explained but i want to show you something he says they then they willingly received him into the sheep read the next thing everybody want to go uh-huh what immediately when jesus stepped into the sheep the sheep did not continue it was at the land transportation of the holy ghost that was the next thing there and john showed us that that happened immediately that means jesus didn't wait for the ship to keep going so it's coming and say all right so let's keep going why are you people doubtful no when he stepped in no more stay here the thing landed where they were going immediately the bible says listen because this is not the first time of the transportation of the holy spirit i've shared it with you people several times Elijah did it. Over the New Testament, Philip did it. Look at Jesus did it. He took them back and they landed. Push. So the next thing they were there. And the Bible says they came to worship him. Where? At the shore. Transportation of the Holy Ghost. And listen, that was when Jesus was in the flesh. Here on earth. Afterwards, he did it again and again and again and again. There was a time after his resurrection. They were inside the room gathered his disciples all of a sudden he just appeared in their midst didn't you read it he just showed up in past transportation of the holy ghost he just showed up in their midst i said hey how are you and he is not a spirit jesus is not a spirit because he's because he's a spirit he's not god the father is a spirit holy spirit is of course holy spirit he's a spirit jesus is not a spirit jesus is a man he has his body that's why it doesn't make sense for you to say jesus dwells in you he doesn't don't deceive yourself he has his own body he only dwells in you through the word he has his own body he is not a spirit he's a man the only thing is his blood had been drained water had been drained so when he appeared in their midst when they said ghost he said no i'm not a ghost handle me touch me and they touched him then the bible showed that he took food in front of them he ate so that they would know that i'm not a spirit now this is the jesus that showed up in their midst and the bible says as he is so i would i will never be ordinary Glory! i am supernatural all the way i would never be ordinary glory to god you are inside one bus 
and the boss is just going. He's just going. Say, oh, when are we going to Everland? He's just going. Oh, hey, Kalamama Sataya. You can just go by the transportation of the spirit. You know what will happen? Everybody will just goes up. The next thing, you are in Lagos. Lord, they say, ah, how did we get here? No, 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 no. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, you've got to build your faith so that. That's why you have to build your faith. That's why you have to work on yourself. You cannot be disadvantaged. You cannot be stuck. See, I can never be stuck. You would never. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be stuck. Say, ah, all of us. They say, we are not going. No. Hey, they now caught us. I was just going. The policeman just carried all of us inside their van. And we are all just going. Stuck. You with the Holy Ghost. Ah, never. They should look around and say, where is that lady that sat down here? So which lady? Ah, look at the one wearing red. Hey, where is she? You are gone. The next time you are inside your bed, fools. Glory to God! Woo! Say, I refuse to be ordinary. This message was produced by Supernatural Kingdom Church. To get more of our messages, call 0806 0087 643 or 0816 0114 389. Thank you and God bless you.